Hey everybody, and uh, and welcome to the Photographic Collective Podcast, guys. My name is Miles Whit Boyer, uh, y'all. It is uh, it's Thursday, January sixth. It's a little snowy and cold outside here in uh, in Bentonville, Arkansas, and and I'm excited to just sort of have a solo episode. You guys, it's uh, it's episode three of season two of this podcast, and y'all, I, I actually didn't, if I'm honest, I didn't know if we would make it this long, like. When we took this on, I was I was curious as to where this would go, and uh, and really what what we would learn and and take on and just uh, encounter together as a community, and uh, and then personally, obviously, as myself and and Jared behind the scenes, and here we are. Um, I think that makes it eighteen episodes into things, and the listenership just keeps growing, but the the response from you guys just keeps getting more and more powerful, and so. Um, I reached out right before the holidays and uh, and asked everybody, you know, what is it that that you guys would like to hear more of? Like, what what is it that we can do to serve y'all better? And and I got some really interesting responses and some some guests that that you guys asked me to bring on that um, I can't wait. I honestly can't wait for a few of the people that are going to be a part of this in the coming weeks and months. Just the people that we get to hear from and and the knowledge and the wisdom. But one of the things that sort of struck me was that a few people responded and told me that they uh, they wished for a couple more solo episodes. Just just me talking and maybe giving some more tips or some more ideas, some more of the things that I do to uh, to just encourage and, and grow my brand and uh, and educate the the mentors, uh, I'm sorry, mentees that that uh, that I take on. And so I figured this would be a good time for for us to sort of slow down and get back to that, back to that sort of educational mindset. Here it is at the beginning of the year. I know a lot of us are working on our businesses and uh, and we're trying to refine things and trying to create new processes, maybe trying to make sure that we have inspiration in the right places. And so uh, here we go. That's that. That's sort of where we're at. But before we get started with that, I say this uh, in every episode. And and if this is the first one you're tuning into, you should probably listen to a couple of the others that are more interesting first, right? But the purpose of this podcast is is really three things. So first, we want to uh, we want to create a space for you to up level your business, up level your art, up level yourself as a person. Just a place where you feel like you can be inspired to come back to, and uh, and learn and grow and be imperfect, but still be uh, very present. And then second, we want to we want to take that out into the into the industry. We want to serve that to your clients, to the couples that hire you, to the people and the families that hire you, to the future business that you're growing. And then third, and probably most importantly, we want to bring everybody back in into a community in which you are valued and your opinion matters and your perspective matters, where you can grow and uh, and you can seek um, education as well as just serve and love each other. And we'll talk about that here at the end of the episode. Because if you have been listening at all, you know that I will always plug back into the Photographic Collective Facebook group. There's just some powerful things happening over there. And uh, and I want you to be a part of that. So first things first, um, I, I got some really interesting quotes in. Uh, just just notes, just letters in from people that listened to the podcast the other day. And, uh, and I really wanted to share that with you guys. Uh, we haven't done this before, but but uh, both of these just struck me, and so I wanted to uh, to share them. 
so Enrique Rodriguez writes, good morning, Miles. I wanted to share with you how the work you're putting out has influenced the way I am viewing photography today. Recently, I've considered venturing into wedding photography and I've struggled with this move for a while as I've always enjoyed commercial photography. Financially, the commercial jobs have gotten pay great. On the flip side, the frequency of the jobs aren't where I need them to be just yet. I've resisted wedding photography because I never wanted to do it just for the money. And I live in Florida, so it's hard not to think about the market since it's pretty much year-round. I thought if I do it, I want to crush it. So I researched the big names who were crushing it. Jose Vila's name just kept coming up. So I checked him out and I searched the top wedding photographers in Florida and the US and went through their work. And some were pretty good, but I wasn't convinced. So then I went to your website. There's something special about your business. It doesn't feel like one. Enrique, dude, thank you so much for that uh, that kind note. I, I know that's not even in in reference to the podcast, but it is in reference to what we're going to talk about today. And I'm just grateful that you took the time to write that. That means so much to me. But I want to reread that last sentence. It says, there's something special about your business. It doesn't feel like one. And that's the goal, isn't it? Like all of us listening, isn't that the goal? Isn't that where you want to end up to have a business that's thriving, to have money that's coming in, to have clients that are seeking after you, to have art that you're inspired by and that is serving people and it doesn't feel like a business. And that's that's where I'm at. You know, I mean, I'm going to be honest. There are days where this absolutely feels like a business. There are days where I'm doing paperwork and taxes and I'm overwhelmed and uninspired, but the most of the time, the majority of my life these days, I don't feel like I'm running a business. I feel like I'm serving and loving people. I feel like I I get to call this work, and I mean that sincerely. And so as we dig into this podcast a little deeper uh, today, we're going to talk through um, ways that we can survive as an industry, but as uh, also individual businesses, ways that you can survive and thrive in your marketing and in your business without relying on social media. And I'm going to let that sink in for just a second because so many of us are nervous about that, but we won't admit to it. Like what happens if Instagram goes away? And y'all, you guys, if you follow me on Instagram, you may have seen this. I posted a story the other day, but I think it already has. I hate to say that. I, I hate that because I really enjoy it. I love the way we all come together via social media. But the truth of the matter is that even when my posts perform at 10 or 12 or 15% of engagement, which is astronomically high, even when that happens, still only 8 to 10% of my followers even see that post. The algorithm is just broken. The concept is broken. It's become a moneymaker. It has become a business for Meta. And that's okay because it's their business, but it's not a safe place anymore for us to do ours. So what happens next? How do you thrive? How do you grow without it? JB Photography for you on Instagram wrote me yesterday and said, good afternoon. I wanted to reach out to let you know that you're doing an amazing job with the podcast. After listening to the first season, I found a new level of motivation towards expanding my clientele and elevating my business. I feel like I'm ready to tackle this year and all of the adventures to come. With that being said, thank you for putting your time and energy to share your knowledge and experiences with all of us so that we can get the most out of our creativity. What you're doing matters. Jamie, thank you so much. That, that note matters. It's interesting, you guys, how much your messages to me, your, your, your comments, your reviews of this podcast 
it just keeps me coming back week after week. And I didn't think I would say that. I, I really didn't. I didn't expect to sit here at my desk while it's snowy outside and I've got editing to do and the puppy is sleeping and the kids are at school. I didn't expect to look forward to a chance to just sit here with a mic and brain dump. And then here I am. And I'm really grateful for that. So thank you guys, Jamie, thank you for taking that time. All right, so let's get into it today. I hinted at this already. I told you guys what we were going to talk about, but we're going to talk about five things, five ways that you can survive and thrive in your marketing without relying on social media, ways that you can see your business scale and grow, ways that you can take care of your family, take care of your clients, take care of your community without the constant need to post. Now, let me set a caveat here because I have grown a lot of my business via social media and I still operate in a lot of my business via social media. And I really feel as though it's still a valuable place to show up, but it can't be the only place that we show up anymore. And I think the days of businesses being grown and scaled and evolved via social media in an authentic way are largely over. And I hate that that's true. But unless you truly want to be the TikTok photographer, unless you love, you genuinely love the silly dances or the voiceovers or all of this stuff, the gimmicks that keep people back and keep bringing people in to double tap your face, unless you love that, I feel like the days of that stuff, like the, the depth and the value of us sharing images and stories that inspired us and grow us and bring us together as artists, I feel like the days of that stuff are kind of over. And that's okay. It really is okay. So here's five things though, five ways that you can show up and not rely on social media. And, uh, and I think a couple of them may sort of surprise you. First things first, you got to ditch your watermark. You guys heard me right. You got to ditch it. You got to get rid of it. You've got to stop putting your signature or a giant C or your logo or something silly like that. You've got to stop putting that on your photos. Allow your art to show up for what it is. But there's, there's more that has to go into it than that, isn't there? We can't just start sharing our images around unless people understand the value of them. So first, you've got to educate your clients as to what that value is. Now, I didn't say to remove your photos from social media. I said not rely on social media. But allowing your clients to post and market for you inadvertently brings value to your business. But if all you're doing is begging for that attention, then you're not educating them well enough. So educate your clients in what the value of your photos are and what the value of their posts and their words about those photos are to you. And when you do that, you become a designer brand. You become couture. I use this example in a lot of meetings when I talk to our clients about the reasons why I don't watermark our images. But I, I say it like this all the time. Would you pay more money for a sweatshirt that says Gap across the front? Very large or for a Roberto Cavalli dress, or a Tom Ford tuxedo that's completely unlogoed? And I think the answer is, is fairly obvious. If it's well-built enough, if your images are beautiful enough, if they're stylistic enough, you don't need to have your name attached to it because the people that share those images are going to be eager to tell everyone that sees them about who shot them. You've got to educate your clients and build relationships with them so that they want to take care of your business. 
And then you need to deliver a set of instructions with those images. So when you send photos over to your clients, just teach them. Just share with them. Hey, here's an incredible way that you can not only help me, but appropriately call out the, call, the copyright of your photos. And just tell them. It doesn't need to say image credit or it doesn't need to say photo taken by. It can simply say in the caption, thanks so much for these beautiful photos into your name here. And then you need to have some grace because people are going to forget that. You know, they may get it right the first time, but moms and aunts and extended cousins and people that start sharing and spreading these photos around are going to mess that up. But it doesn't devalue the work. In fact, if anything, it creates this value chain of breadcrumbs in which people have to start asking who took that photo, who took that photo. And eventually that comes back to you. So have some grace for people, but educate the people that are hiring you on how to best survive and thrive your business for you. Ask them to help. Number two, you need to build some relationships with depth. You got to serve and love people, not opportunities. You've just got to build relationships that matter with vendors, with stylists, with waitresses, Get out into the community and actually get to know people. Allow people to be a part of your life and intentionally be a part of theirs. Show up where people are, not just your ideal demographic of client. It's the reason why we don't do bridal shows. And, and listen, I know that there are a number of really talented business coaches out there, friends of mine, you know, guys like Ben Hartley that are so outspoken about the value of going to bridal shows. And I'm not going to say not to do that. In fact, actually, I think it's a great idea, but we don't do them. And the reason for that is because I don't want to only show up where the brides are. I want to show up where the people are. A bridal show for me is a Wednesday morning in a coffee shop. A bridal show for me is a glass of wine with my clients on a Thursday evening. A bridal show for me is a random text message on a Friday morning to a person I haven't seen in a while that just says, hey, thinking about you. Just show up and build relationships with people and allow those relationships to create value for your business, but also allow them to add depth to your life. Serve and love people, not opportunities. You've got to avoid transactional relationships. This whole concept of what's in it for you and what's in it for me immediately belittles the concept of a relationship. This is a true story, actually. Um, a good friend of mine and actually an aspiring photographer is my barber. He's a great guy. And he asked me the other day if I would be interested in maybe trading out some photo lessons for haircuts. Now, if you guys know me very well, you know that I'm obsessed with getting a, a haircut about every two weeks, maybe three weeks, but I love to have my haircut well. And I spend quite a bit of money on it. And so it was tempting to me to do that trade. But the answer to me in that situation is always going to be no. And the reason is because I don't want to create a transactional relationship between two people that are already friends. It's working. It's already working. So how about this instead? How about I pay you for haircuts and you pay me for lessons? And if those numbers come out to be roughly the same, then that's fantastic. And we'll just share money back and forth. But we're not going to create a relationship at this concept of what's in it for me. You know what's in it for you? Photo lessons. You know what's in it for me? A haircut. But those are separate transactions. Our friendship has to come first. 
Relationships have to matter at a level and in a depth in which we aren't seeing dollar signs behind them. And please understand that any relationship, if you just do a, a, a quick audit of the people in your life, but any relationship that have a dollar sign associated with it can be bought. Think about that for just a second. But those relationships can be commoditized in a heartbeat. Somebody can come in at a lower price and steal that relationship with, from you. That's painful, isn't it? Think of how many people in our lives, how many people in our industry survive, completely have built their business around relationships and incentives and triggers and people that are only around because it makes sense for them financially and then realize that it can be bought. Wouldn't you rather be in a place in your life? Wouldn't you rather be in a place in your business in which the relationships of the people around you are people that want you there? You've got to cut out, and we've, we've said this before, but you've got to cut out the cancer of complacency from your business. People that only show up because there's something in it for them and complain when there isn't, you've got to cut that out. That's hard and that hurts, but it's important. You've got to build relationships with depth. Number three, the pregame and the postgame is often more important than the actual game. When I was writing out notes for this, uh, this episode, I was thinking about the fact that I had this great conversation with my sons, my 10-year-old soccer coach at the end of this last season. And um, those of you guys that know me very well know that my son plays for a very competitive soccer team. He's only 10, which is a little wild, but this team is, uh, is the best in several states. They travel a lot. I think they played 33 games in one half season. It's just an incredible undertaking to be a dad or a mom on this soccer team. But I was having a chat with his coach after the last game because I, I, I just had to ask the question. And I said, Coach, why is, it that, uh, why is it that you don't speak during games? You almost never say anything. Like, why is it that the kids can do something right or can do something wrong? It doesn't really matter. But during a game, you, you rarely say much. And his answer was so profound and it was so on point for what we're talking about today. He said, if it hasn't happened in practice, it's not going to happen in a game. I thought that was so incredible that his vision is that the pregame is where we do all the work. The pregame is where we set up how we're going to play. That whole concept of practice, how you play just sunk in so deep for me. But then I realized, you know what? That's not like he's not paying attention. That means that the post game is just as important as well. The next practice where we follow up and we correct the things that went wrong and we cheer on the things that went right. But how many of us are running our businesses like that? How many of us are taking the time to pour and love into our clients? And I don't mean in a shallow way. I mean in depth to actually add value to their weddings or their families or their senior sessions to show up in their lives in such powerfully, meaningful, intentional ways before the shoot to educate about the value of what we're creating and the vision that we have for them and then to show back up afterwards full of ideas about all the things that went right, full of opportunities to cheer them on and affirm the education that we've built together and then also full of notes about things that we could do in the future with them, ideas that we're excited to follow up on. Wedding photographers, if you are not following up with your clients, you don't know how you did. 
If you walk away from the wedding and the only way that you're basing success on is whether or not they love their wedding photos, you're missing the point. Of course they love their wedding photos. They're photos of their wedding. But did they love their wedding photographer? Would they hire you again? Would they encourage their friends to hire you? Will they shout from the rooftops who their photographer is with no watermark? Have you built that relationship deep enough? How's your pregame? How's your postgame? Number four, you've got to stick to your value, but you've got to see opportunity. The truth is that in business, either being too flexible or too stubborn is a bad thing. Too much of anything is a bad thing. Now, I see this a lot. I see a lot of posts on Facebook groups and, and, uh, and just forums where people say, I don't give discounts. I never give discounts. Never, ever, ever, ever give discounts. Ever give discounts. And I kind of laugh to myself because then I see big names. You know, people who are willing to be honest about their value and the names that they've created. I, I saw a, a, a post the other day, actually. And he doesn't know that I'm saying this, but if he listens to this, I don't think it would catch him off guard. But I saw a post by Jonas Peterson the other day that said that most of his favorite weddings have been at a discounted price. I'll let that sink in. I wonder why that is. Now, I wonder if that's because a lot of his favorite clients haven't been able to afford him at full value and he's met them. He's, he's been flexible for them. He has realized the value in what they saw and the way that they wanted their photography to work out. And he was flexible enough to work with them. Now, it's a tightrope, you guys. And don't get me wrong, it is absolutely a tightrope because the moment you start flexing and changing and discounting your prices is the exact same moment in which the value of your photography is uncertain. If you're willing to charge one thing for one group of people and another thing for another group of people, then what you've done is created a dishonest value on what the work is that you're giving. And so there are ways to be flexible in which it's, it's not just pulling numbers out of a hat, right? But working with people, showing up where they are, having rules for yourself in which you say, listen, if you're willing to shift your event or your wedding or your shoot to a non-peak day, I can be more flexible. If you're willing to allow me to shoot without an assistant, I can be more flexible. If you're willing to purchase a book later, I can be more flexible. If you're willing to maybe adjust the number of hours in which I shoot, I can be more flexible. If you're willing to educate your clients, if you're willing to see them as a relationship and not an opportunity, what you'll start to understand quickly is who your ideal client is may not look the same way as what you think they do. I've shot weddings now all over the world. I've shot the highest demographic weddings and I've shot backyard elopements. And I can tell you that my ideal client, the people that I look for, that I long to shoot, they aren't the people with the deepest pockets. I love working with artistic people. I love working with people who inherently value what it is that we create, that want to be a part of that, that want to be on the experiment with me. Those are the people that I look for. And sometimes they have money and sometimes they do not. And often that means that I have to adjust my value a little bit to come to where they are because I want to work with them. And that's a great thing. So stick to your value. Understand what you're worth. Understand that you have to be profitable in this business to thrive and survive, but also understand 
that being too stubborn is a bad thing. It alienates you from building the relationships with people that may bring in so much business for you, but also may just add so much color to your life. If you humanize yourself, if you take yourself out of the business, if you become a human and then you humanize your clients, there will be so much opportunity in your future. Lastly is number five. Just spread yourself out further. Now, this is, this is in contrast a little bit because I, I want to be really clear. In the past, I've talked a lot about this idea of being an inch wide and a mile deep in your relationships. And what I was referring to in that was building your relationships in the, in the DM, in the, in the inbox, right? Spreading yourself out too thin is a bad thing. Understanding that you can diversify your brand so quickly that there's not any value or any depth to it. The whole thing can fall apart quickly. That's a really important thing to realize. But if you want to take your brand away from relying on social media, you need to show up in other places. So you need to show up and spread yourself out further into the places that may be a little uncomfortable for you at first. Places like charity work or church small groups or networking events or workshops. Get out there and meet people. Understand that if you go into opportunities without a transactional mindset, if you leave your business cards at home and you just plan to show up and get to know people, learn people, if that's the biggest goal is just to increase your network and increase your friendships and add and add and add and serve and serve and serve and love and love, and love. When you spread yourself into those opportunities, your business has the, has the potential to suddenly just blow up. And I promise it will. You guys, that gives me a, a really interesting segue and a very convenient plug here for me to say that over in the Photographic Collective Facebook group, we're, uh, we're 350 people strong and, and growing daily. And it's just a place where people are showing up. You know, sometimes we post photos. Sometimes we do photo challenges and we talk about photography. Sometimes we ask each other about gear or business ideas. Sometimes we, we talk about the members and the things that they're going through. We talk about, you know, friends of mine that you guys have heard me talk about, like Phil Porto, and ways that we can encourage and support him in the recovery of his surgery. And, uh, and by the way, if you've made it this far into the podcast, I'd love for you to scroll down into the show notes and, and take a chance to jump over to his GoFundMe and give him 10 bucks or give him 50 bucks or give him 100 bucks. He needs it. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, click over there and read all about it. We also talk about guys like, uh, like Dave Kovacs, who was uh, on this podcast a few weeks ago. And the fact that he sort of unexpectedly lost his father last week. We talk about relationships. We talk about things like holiday traditions. We talk about uh, opportunities for business growth. You guys, this is, this is a place in which you as a photographer can have a home. And we'd love to have you over there. We'd love to, to see you be a part of that. All right. So if you've made it this far into the podcast, you've heard five ways five things. And, and what I hope that you do with that, I, I really sincerely hope you do, is, is go back through and just sketch down the notes. The, uh, the, the cliff notes here really quick. But I want you to make these your own. I want you to, to take these five and turn them into 25. 
And then I want you to tell me about them. I want you to write me a note or a DM or an email that says, hey, Miles, this is how it's going. Allow me to be a part of your life and uh, and just keep showing up here. I'm just, I'm so grateful for the way that this group and uh, and this community and this podcast has scaled full of people who are just intentionally showing up for each other. And I'm eager to see your, your businesses thrive and not rely on social media. Allow social media to be a fun thing again. Just post because it's fun. Just share what's going on in your life because it's fun. That was the whole idea initially, right? That was, that was where it all started. And for so many of us as artists, that was where our business started too. And I think that it's, uh, it's convenient and, and maybe, maybe time for a lot of us to just get back to having fun with our businesses. I'll go back to that, the end of that quote from Enrique that I read at the beginning of the podcast where he says, there's something special about your business. It doesn't feel like one. So you guys, as you go into the rest of your week, as you go into the second week of the year, we've got so much time here to plan for wedding season, to plan for portrait season. We've got an opportunity in the spring to just strengthen our minds and sharpen our skills and allow our businesses to grow and scale. But so many of us are, uh, are feeling the pressure right now, the booking pressure. How quickly can I get how many clients? We've got to get it right now, right? And there's time for that. And it will come. But make sure that you're setting a foundation that you're proud of. Make sure that you're showing up in a way that, that you're grateful for and that you love and that you're sur- surrounding yourself full of people who add just remarkable amounts of value back into your life and that you're reciprocating that at every level. Hey guys, my name is Miles Woodboyer. This is the uh, the Photographic Collective podcast. This has been this has been cool. Just a chance for me to kind of stream of consciousness, just kind of think through the things that are on my mind. Understand that I'm imperfect, you guys. I I'm learning this stuff right alongside of y'all, and uh, and that's the fun of this. This is a this is an unscripted, real relationship with a photographer living in Bentonville, Arkansas, that uh, that just wants to get to know more about you guys. Hey, have a great day. Have a great weekend. And uh, and we'll be back next week with more.